Hi everybody, welcome to episode, what is this, 14, 13, 15, I, I don't know, I've, I've lost <laughs> track. Uh, but, Another uh, exciting episode, there you go. There we go, well, <laughs> uh, numbers aside, uh, we, we should totally do the Roman numeral numbers like the old school WrestleMania, um, true, true. but uh, your lovely host Braden and uh, my buddy Josh, how you doing? Ah, doing good, doing good. I, I was just thinking about uh, this being episode X I V or X. There you go. I, I don't know. <laughs> um, we uh, we are back from our hiatus, and uh, much like SmackDown done this week, I have uh, found a new home. So uh, nice. My uh, my wife and I have uh, bought a house, and we are moved in, and. That uh, that kind of took priority over uh, the podcast for a week or so there, but uh, we are back, and holy shnikes, do we have a lot to cover. So <laughs> um, I guess before, we'll, we'll kind of switch the format up just slightly this week. Um, we did promise everyone that we would cover Unforgiven 06, and I guess we'll lead off with that before we get into the uh, the feast of uh, happenings from this past week. Yeah, because we got a little bit going on this week. I don't know just, if everybody's aware, but yeah, just uh, just a little bit. But um, before we get into all that, we'll get into uh, get into Unforgiven, and this this might not be the. Uh, typical in-depth review that uh, we normally would do but we'll we'll uh, do our best here um so the first thing i noticed about this was i'd actually forgotten <laughs> that they were doing uh i remembered it as soon as i saw it but i had forgotten this was a raw only pay-per-view i, I um, did the same I, and then i was like oh yeah they were doing uh Dual branded or, or single branded, however you want to say it, uh, SmackDown pay per views, Raw pay per views. And I was like, "Wow, that's that speaks to the uh, the roster depth this time." Because you had obviously Edge and Cena on Raw, and uh, I think uh, Taker and Batista were the were the big guys on SmackDown. Yeah. Um, so tremendous roster depth all around. Um, but uh, this show led off with. Uh, Johnny, don't call me Monday Nitro, and uh, Jeff Hardy, solid intercontinental title match. Uh, and while we're on the topic here, we'll sprinkle this in. Apparently, uh, Johnny Nitro, John Morrison, wh- whatever he wants to be called, is uh, supposedly coming back. Um, I, I think you uh, you texted me about this earlier in the week, but. I've also seen disputing reports that he may not be coming back. <laughs> um, so I guess we'll just have to wait to see. It's it's ironic, though, because as I was watching this, I was like, man, he would it would be cool if he did come back because I, I think he's like uh, maybe 39 or 40, still in tremendous shape. Um, him and AJ Styles, I'm sure, could tear it up. Uh, that That was – just something that popped in my head. Uh, any any notes about this particular match? Uh, it was a really good match, and um, 
I, I seem to remember them having like quite a few matches. I, I don't remember if it's pay per view matches or on Raw or whatever, but uh, they they really delivered at that time. I remember a ladder match. I'm thinking just a couple months after this on Raw that that tore the house down pretty good. Um, yeah this this was a great opener. Got the hot Toronto crowd into it. Um, next up we had Umaga, or as uh, William Regal called him, Umanga. Umanga. <laughs> and uh, oh my God, Armando Alejandro. <laughs> It's stri- I'm not going to attempt to roll my tongue, but I miss that man. I don't know where he's at now, but uh, he he actually introduced the uh, Hawkins and Ryder podcast a couple weeks ago, so I thought that was kind of cool. That's that's awesome. Like I think uh, if I remember correctly, during that time they kind of had him stop doing his name like that because if you remember, I, I'm wanting to think he stopped introducing himself like that because he was getting more over than Umaga. <laughs> uh, but uh, him and uh, Umaga and Kane had a, had a match. Uh, nothing, little double count out here. This was obviously when they were establishing Umaga as a, as a you know, powerful monster heel. Uh, nothing, Nothing really of note here, I don't suppose, other than the tremendous Armando, Armando Estrada. Then, um, moving on, uh, we have uh, Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode versus the Viking Raiders. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is, this is uh, Kenny and uh, Mikey versus the Highlanders. Um, completely forgot about the Highlanders. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, <laughs> good, good guys. But um, what what happened to them? I, I, like, dude, I, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure. Most people you hear of, oh, they went here, they did this, and but I don't know anything about them after they're run here. So I, I seem I to remember one of them appeared in the crowd on a TNA broadcast and. Shortly after that, he went into the abyss as far as WWE was concerned. So, I, I'm not sure. Um, Spirit Squad retain here. Um, no, nothing crazy of note there. Uh, now we're starting to get into the meat of this show, and uh, we have a Hell in a Cell, which is very appropriate uh, given tonight's pay-per-view. We have a Hell in a Cell with uh, Vince, uh, Shane, and the Big Show versus DX. And obviously, this is during the the peak of uh, the DX reunion, and a lot of great stuff from this era. Um, obviously, the the limo, uh, the the rear axle being ripped out and spray painting the the jet and Titan Towers and all this, um, and it led to this uh, this Hell in a Cell match. Um, and the one thing that I could remember from this match uh, was that, that just stuck out was I believe it was Vince who, who got his head rammed into the big show's keister. So, yep. 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 Uh, and I also watching this show, I'm like, wow, this, they have changed the product quite a bit because you simply would not see that now. No, uh, but, uh, <coughs> What say you about this match? I, I figure you got some notes on this one. 
One thing that jumped out about this, well, I guess it's it was in this one, but it's in anything you did, is uh, I, I kind of miss Vince. I mean, he's older and he doesn't do as much on TV and stuff, but but like his his facial expressions and his timing, he, he was so over the top and stuff. It, he was a very entertaining character when he was on screen. Oh, for sure. I mean, there there's a reason, you know, him and Austin basically swayed the uh, the Monday Night War back in favor of of WWF at the time, and and this just I wholeheartedly agree. I mean, he and he wasn't afraid to just go for it. Um, I, I remember this was a uh, I actually forgot about it yet again until I seen it. This was a much larger Hell in a Cell. Uh, yeah, which was kind of odd to see at the time. Um, this was longer than I remembered, and, and a little, little bit more uh, slow and plodding. Um, good match though. I mean, it it was one of the the big time matches of the show uh, for sure. Um, Sean and Hunter get the win, and. Uh, yeah, uh, classic call by Jr. Two with whenever they shove Vince's head up Big Show's rear. So, um, any anything anything else about this particular match? Uh, no, not really. It was, it was entertaining and stuff. Um, but I don't really have many notes on that one. Uh, next up, we have Lita and Trish in what was at the time Trish's. Final match, um, just tremendous moment uh, between the two women who, sorry, Charlotte, Becky, Bailey, and Sasha, the two women who kick-started the women's revolution. Um, and it was just, uh, just a great match. Um, I remember at the time, I mean, it was just, you, you could just feel the moment. Um, and it's a real testament to these two ladies. Uh, what, what kind of, what kind of notes do you have for this match? Yeah. You, you could feel it in this one. This, and if you think about it, the storyline for the match had pretty much been going on since Trish showed up because they had kind of off and on been either feuding or, very seldom on the same side at that time, but uh, th- there had been a storyline going with those two, like the entire time. Yeah. When the, like when Trish showed up with uh, Test and Albert, and then the Hardys, and then it just kept going from there. So it was building to this, and, and I don't think a, enough gets said about how much Trish improved from like 2000 to this point. Oh, for sure. Uh, she. Her, her, go ahead. Her, her in in ring work was, I mean, when she first showed up, you know, she was your typical just diva, just there, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Not not downplaying the divas, but you know, entering work wasn't. And but by this time, I mean this match was great. Oh, it was, and it still it certainly is way more relevant even now than it was at the time. Um, given the spotlight that the ladies have been given, um, no, this this was tremendous. Uh, I've still got a couple goosebumps watching it. Uh, great crowd reaction, um, but. Uh, and and good uh, good sharpshooter too. Uh, a lot of times, mm-hmm. a lot of times there's some sharpshooters nowadays that are pretty sloppy. This one was not. So, uh, kudos to both those ladies. We got a little bit of a cool down match uh, between 
Randy Orton and Carlito. Um, speaking of people that I have no clue what happened to, um, Carlito's one of them. I know he appeared in Edge and Christian's uh, show on the network briefly, but outside of that, I have no clue where he's at, what he's doing. So, um, the one thing that uh, I do remember was a pretty pretty sick RKO. Uh, yeah, that I did remember that, and it still holds up to this day. Um, so yeah, a little bit of a cool down match after the two after the Hell in a Cell and the, the Trish match, and then we get to uh, a TLC match between Edge and John Cena, and this is still, I mean, that feud for 2006 was just tremendous. Um, I I don't think it's crazy to say it was an all-time great feud um, all throughout the summer, basically from January to this point, essentially. It was just great. Um, Edge, who, while we're on the topic, I'm not sure if you've heard this, but there's rumors. He, He retired from the podcast that him and Christian do. And there's rumors that he has signed a new deal and has been medically cleared to wrestle. I, I heard something about that, but I wasn't a hundred percent sure if it was uh, legit or if it was just you know just been thrown out there. So, I, well, it, it I'm not sure how old it how old Edge is now. I'm, I know he's in his forties, um, but it all kind of got started once he delivered that spear to. Um, at, back at SummerSlam, uh, the uh, to uh, Elias, so people were like, "Oh, he can do that now." So, what does that mean? Because he was not taking any bumps whatsoever. So, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Um, it would be exciting to see uh, the Rated R Superstar back. Uh, so, I, I would be all for it. Um, but, anyways, now this match, uh, great storytelling. Uh, some some good solid bumps. Uh, what uh, kind of notes have you got? Yeah, this was a great one. Um, they, um, I, I think they traded wins here, like the pay per view before or something. Yep. yep, they were in uh, Boston or Massachusetts for Cena's hometown, and then this one they were in uh, Toronto. So I, I thought that was kind of cool. Um, there's there's one spot near the end of this, and I got to give credit to this because. I never give Cena credit for anything, <laughs> uh, or at least enough credit, I don't guess. But there's a spot near the very end. Uh, I know they, they had the ta- two tables set up for the uh, finish, and they were set up for a while, you know. It was one of those set them up, move on to something else, and come back to them. Right. And uh, Cena hits Lita with the AA. And, uh, like, one of the tables, like, they were on top of each other, and, and the top table fell off. And, um, of course, as I'm watching it, I'm like, I know that played into the finish because I remember the finish. So I was like, oh, how does he get that back up there without it just looking like, you know, oh, oh I better put that back up. And and Cena, t- he takes the table, sets it back up, makes it look like he's going to go back out for Edge to throw him through the table, you know, like he, mm-hmm. uh, he like he was putting it up there purposely and he's going to go out and get Edge. And as he got to the ropes and started stepping out, he kind of turned around and looked up at the belt and like he was realizing, no, no, I got to get the belt. The belt's more important. And so he starts going for the title and then that's when Edge comes in. And they go up the ladder, and then they do the AA off the top of the ladder through the table. So I thought it was a kind of a clever move of setting it back up, just that little nod to, you know, making it where he went after Edge, making it look like it was planned or whatever. 
Yeah. Um, it kind of threw back to a couple weeks ago. We were talking about Brett and the ring bell, you know, the little stuff that he yeah. does. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. It, and in that ending, the, the, the AA off the top of the ladder through the tables is one of the more iconic finishes and, and uh, visuals from the past 10 to 15 years. That I mean, it still holds up. Um, yeah. Tremendous match. Uh, and uh, a real credit. This was during the time, obviously, the year before Cena, the, the, the ball was fully given to him, and he was still having to prove himself. And uh, with uh, Hunter at Mania 22 earlier in the year, and then I think he, he had a little brief feud with Angle, um, and then that, that may have been in 05, but this was during the, the time that Cena was still proving himself to be, uh, as JBL called him, Big Match John. So this certainly was one of the defining moments during that era because it delivered on all fronts. Um, and I, I'm thinking JR said something at the end, uh, like, good God, what a match. And I wholeheartedly agree. Um, yeah. But with all that being said, while that was a tremendous and fun pay-per-view to look back on, and I'm sure we'll do that again with with our hiatus and uh, everything, we've we got a lot to cover. So <laughs> we, this, I, I think I texted you earlier in the week, this literally feels like a WrestleMania week. I mean, it's just... It does. We, we've been waiting all year since... Okay, uh, when was the Fox deal announced? Earlier in the year, late last year? Um, I think late last year. And it's like, oh, wow, that's big time. Well, you know, and it was like a billion dollars from USA and Fox, just crazy money. And all year, well, what's it going to look like? What's it going to you know, What's going to happen? And then, obviously, in that time, we've had AEW, who has, oh, wow, this is legit competition. Oh, wow, they're going to be on TNT. Holy, holy shnikes, here we go. And then NXT is going to be going head-to-head, and all this has been building, and it's in October. Well, that's light years away. Well, no, we're here, and we're off to the races. I mean, what, what a week it's been. So let's uh, let's just start from the beginning uh, and, and recap uh, – uh, Pretty crazy Monday Night Raw. Um, first off, what a what a treat it was to have Pyro back. Oh yes, that really. Th- I, I was I marked out for that. Um, I, I knew about oh, I knew um, about it, but just to see it, it was like oh yes. On, on both shows and and even AW. Yes, they had some Pyro on. So um, let, let's keep that going. Oh, for sure. Uh, what did you think of the new stage? Um, the new stage for Raw was a bit odd, but I liked it. Um, and we'll we'll touch on the SmackDown stage in a moment. But uh, but now the, the the Raw stage was pretty cool. Um, it it was kind of a shock because it it was so drastically different. Um, but uh, we we kick off Raw with the new announced team too. 
I think I texted you. I said, Vic, or is it Vic Joseph? I think. Yeah, he sounds a whole lot like Michael Cole. <laughs> he, he, he does. I didn't think about it until after I read the text. And I, and I, could, I could hear Cole in him, you know, when he yeah. says. Yeah, and I don't know if that's intentional or, or what, but the, he it was kind of um, minorly distracting. I'm like, wow, he sounds a lot like Michael Cole. Uh, but but he done good. Um, Jerry Lawler um, all night was just magnifique. He was on his A game. That's the best I've heard Lawler sound in quite some time. Uh, granted, he's not been on there, but just to you know be called up off the bench at what seventy years old now, almost seventy. Just great stuff. Um, I, I heard somebody. I, I don't know if this was the actual reason, but somebody else was, was throwing this out there. Uh, they said that they think maybe the reason Lawler was brought in was because they were so much different, you know, and both other commentators were completely different to the to Raw. So, you know, they they thought they might have brought Lawler in to have that little bit of familiarity, you know. True. I, I can... That way, because him and JR are pretty much the, when you think Raw, yeah. you know, those voices are ingrained in your head and, so I think they might have brought him in, and, and I agreed with that. I thought that was that might have been a good reason behind it. So we kick off Raw after after all that with Rey Mysterio coming out to say I don't know what he he was just that seemed kind of random. Well, then we find out it's uh, a pretty effective segment. Uh, Brock Lesnar comes down and destroys Ray, and then destroys Dominic. So this was fun. Um, yeah, this was a fun segment, and uh, we'll get to what looks to be why this segment was done in a, in a bit. Um, but uh, what what say you about this? It was pretty cool opening. Yeah, what a way to start it off. I mean, Brock just—I mean, not just beating up on Ray, but then bringing in Dominic too, and, and beating him up, which we've heard. You know, he's possibly training to uh, be a wrestler, but you know. He hasn't wrestled yet, or at least on there. And, uh, I mean, Brock just wiping the floor with both of them. It was, it was very eye-catching and great way to start it off. And I heard a lot of, uh, you know, I can't believe he did that. And, you know, he's just a kid and all that stuff. So, it, you know, it got that, that heel heat vibe going yeah. on. So, I thought it was cool. Um, yeah, and obviously, Ray went uh, with Dominic to the hospital. So, now we have a uh, universal title match that, we don't know if it's going to happen, so we'll get to that in a bit. Uh, then we have Alexa and Sasha. Um, quick match, nothing, nothing crazy here. Um, obviously, Becky comes out afterwards. Uh, to I, I loved her line too. Yes, like at the end of it, the you made it personal. I'm going to make it. Painful. Yes, that was that was a solid line. Um, but uh, moving on, we've got um, Heavy Machinery versus Ziggler and Rude. I'm, I like Heavy Machinery. I, I like Otis, but I'm beginning to think they've kind of plateaued. Uh, I, I think we've got about all we're going to get out of them. So uh, I'm digging Ziggler and Rude as the champs. Uh, the the little I, if I'm not mistaken, I think they subtly had the same colors on. Um, 
I, I think they both kind of had like a pink and black vibe going on to their tights. So I like that. Maybe look a little more like a tag And uh, Sasha and Bailey have been doing a tremendous job at that too, having the same color scheme while keeping their same same look. So that's um, that's some good stuff. Uh, then we get into an interesting segment with uh, Ms. TV and Hogan and Flair. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't sure what was going on here. It was it was kind of random. I. Uh, and the crowd, when when they kind of pulled the chairs back and were going to go at it, wow, that crowd got hot in a hurry. <laughs> yep, yep. So even at 70 and almost 70, I'm not sure what Hogan is. I know he's 65, 64, somewhere around in there. I mean, that's why they're on the Mount Rushmore. Even at that age, they still have it. Um but this was all to set up a uh, a match at Crown Jewel, um, a, a kind of a uh, Survivor Series style match. And I, honestly, when they were talking about this, I was hoping it would lead to Survivor Series rather than Crown Jewel. But sure. so be it. They've got a they've got that deal with uh, Saudi Arabia, and they they got to put stuff over there. So. Uh, f- and they like their legends. They, they like their <laughs> legends. So, you know, this this will be a good use. Um, but uh, fun segment, kind of, uh, somewhat off the rails, but they uh, they pulled it and reined it in. Uh, we've got uh, Seth Rollins on uh, Team Hogan, Randy Orton on Team Flair. Uh then Baron Corbin's also on Team Flair, and Rusev is on Team Hogan. So, um, getting back to the Universal Championship match, this was setting up Rusev and Rollins uh, for later on in the show, which I'm fine with. Kind of, kind of random, but um, it was okay. Um, Viking Raiders and Gallows and Anderson. Uh, I kind of like this little mini feud they've got. Uh, I don't know if it's going to go anywhere, but we shall see. I, I like it. I, I feel like the matches are missing something. Though. Yeah. Um, like it's two two hard hitting tag teams that you know they're just going out at it and fighting them, and, and there's something missing. There's like an element missing. I, I don't know what it is. I agree. Uh, yeah. Uh. We got Cesaro and Ricochet up next, and this was this was what it was. Uh, didn't get a lot of time. Ricochet won. Um, I did like the uh, the the callback to Mysterio with the finish. That was that was pretty well done. Yep. Not sure why Cesaro was wrestling in jeans and sneakers. Now that's kind of kind of odd, but whatever. Uh, I think he gets the worst wrestling attire award since uh, Corbin's changed his up a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Um, we get a Firefly Funhouse up next. Uh, and I'm beginning to think Rambling Rabbit is a lot like Kenny from South Park. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, this was your typical Firefly Funhouse stuff. Um, kind of spooky, kind of 
kind of creepy, more building up to uh, the Hell in a Cell tonight, which we'll get to momentarily. Um, AJ Styles and Cedric Alexander. I'm not sure why they don't want to put the title on Cedric Alexander. I read that they buried him or wanted to bury him, and I thought, with this match, oh, we're going to get a title change. I, I just knew Cedric Alexander was going to was going to win. I thought he had. Yeah, and I, I mean, it was a good match, but I, I'm not sure why Vince or whomever was like, nope, nope, we're burying this guy. Well, I, I've heard that Heyman is real big on him and is kind of wanting to do a real slow build with him. I don't know if that's true, but maybe, maybe they didn't want to put the belt on him because for that slow build, yeah, you know? Yeah, perhaps. Um, we get Lacey Evans and uh, Natalia up next. Uh, they, they've got their little thing going on. I'm not going to say anything negative. It, it was what it was. Uh, then um, get a promo from Heyman uh, building up the SmackDown match. And finally, we get the the universal title match and it, it ended in a, uh, a no contest and the most random, you know, we, we see a limo pulling up. I must mention, we see a limo pulling up and all over Reddit, people were freaking out thinking it was going to be John Morrison or CM Punk, um, which we'll touch on punk in a moment. Um, but, you know, oh, it's going to be a big reveal. Well, it turns out it was just Bobby Lashley and Rusev's wife, Lana, who I don't know how Rusev felt about it, but Lana went out there and went for it. They were they were smooching pretty hard. Um, yep. So that, that must have been uncomfortable. And I guess we're going to get Lashley and Rusev um, kind of – Kind of a random, uh, random thing. I, I don't, I don't know. Um, then, then we get the fiend, um, and we'll, we'll cover it on a sale in a bit. Uh, but yet again, the fiend gets the upper hand. I'm beginning to kind of worry, and I, and I have a prediction for tonight, which we'll get to. But uh, the fiend gets the upper hands yet again. Um. And this brings us to Wednesday. And, and if you have any notes or anything, just feel free to chime in. I know we're kind of speeding through this, but we do have a lot to cover. Uh, yeah, I, 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 that closing segment was kind of confusing. And so I, I ain't got much. Yeah. Good to see Lashley back. Yeah, here. yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll start with NXT. Um because I feel like we'll have a little bit more to dig into with AEW. So we'll, we'll kind of go, go through NXT and um, they kicked off in a big way. And I, I, I thought this was kind of surprising. Obviously they wanted the ratings right off the bat and uh, they kicked off the NXT championship with Matt Riddle and Adam Cole. Um, tremendous match. Both these guys worked their tails off. Um, nothing, nothing wrong with the match at all. Um, Adam Cole won. I'm, I'm fine with that. Uh, and af- <clears throat> afterwards, we get a pretty big return. Um, uh, Finn Balor back in NXT. 
Um, thoughts on that? I'm kind of surprised that they're doing that instead of getting the uh, Fiend versus Demon feud. I guess maybe we're going to hold off on that, but seems like that'll be kind of a lackluster now that he's doing something else between, you know, if that makes any sense. Oh, uh, perhaps. I, I mean, yeah. I, I kind of thought the same thing, but it's it's fun. Uh, Adam Cole and Finn Balor, I think, can tear the house down. That. Oh yeah. Um. And this Cole Riddle match was was it blew me away. This is actually my first uh, Matt Riddle match. Really? Yeah. So, yep. So uh, I I got to give him props. Yeah. Now, now I do want to point out one little humorous thing. Um, I don't know. Do you have any like uh pet peeves in wrestling? Something that just gets on your nerves? Um. Possible. I, I would have to think. Uh, right off, I don't, I'm not sure. Uh, but well, I know you're going somewhere with this. What what you got? Okay, two of my pet peeves in wrestling. <laughs> One, it irritates me when somebody doesn't have wrist tape or gloves or something. Oh. I don't know why. <laughs> my my other pet peeve is it really irritates me when people don't have knee pads. Like, well, okay, no, no. Let me rephrase that. If if they're wearing long tights. It doesn't bother me. But if they're wearing just trunks or something like that and there's no knee pads, it bothers me. I'm sure Matt Riddle just triggers you on all kinds of levels. <laughs> y- yes, he comes out and he and then he kicks the shoes off. So he's standing there just in his shorts and I'm like, there's no wrist tape, no knee pads, no boots. What's this guy doing? But all that aside, he did a great job. <laughs> they had a great match. But uh... No, I, I can see that. Uh, d- depending on the look of the wrestler, um, yeah, you, you got to have knee pads and and uh, wrist tape and possibly shoes or, or boots. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, moving on, we got Io Shirai versus Mia Yim. And we'll, we'll get into this a bit more in a, in a minute, but um, it's clear that while AEW might look like competition, they are quite behind in their women's division on all fronts because obviously we've got the ladies on the main, main roster, and then we've got NXT ladies who, I mean, this they these two just tore it up. Uh, great women's match. Um, Johnny Gargano gets introduced to the world on USA with Shane Thorne. Um, some good stuff there. Uh, Candice LeRae and Shayna Baszler. I'm not sure what what's going to happen with Shayna Baszler. That's an interesting thing because I don't know who on the NXT women's roster is going to be able to take that title from her. And apparently Shayna Baszler is no spring chicken. I think she's like 36, 37. So there's money in her. But you obviously want to want to seize that sooner rather than later. And I mean, I would love to see her on the main roster with her and Becky, her and Charlotte. Uh, True. So I'm not sure. I, I like Shayna. I really do. Um, I, I think she plays uh, plays her role very well and is very solid in the ring. Um, one of my favorites. Uh, coming up next here, Pete Dunne, Danny Birch. I uh, love me some Pete Dunne. Um, yeah. th- this guy, even though he's a, 
uh, kind of a, a shorter guy. He, he reminds me a lot of Taz because you, you kind of look past the height and everything and you're like, wow, he's just a, a little pit bull type guy. And, uh, yeah. Good stuff from him. Um, this, this was actually my second favorite match of the night. Yeah. Yeah. I liked it. It was really good. Uh, and we closed the show with a really good, really good tag team match, uh, which is something that NXT does just in their sleep. Um, Street Profits versus Undisputed Era. Undisputed Era retain. Uh, Montez Ford, I still say, is going to be a star. I'm not sure about D'Angelo yeah. Dawkins, but Montez Ford has – Montez Ford is Shelton Benjamin, except he can cut a promo. That that's the yep. best way I can describe that. Um, Dude's gonna be something. Yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, th- this was a, a good match. I, I didn't expect, honestly, since they've just made shirts and since they just put all the titles on the Undisputed Era. I didn't expect a title change here. It would have been surprising for sure, but um, I figure they'll keep the titles on them for a while. And then we get uh, Tommaso Ciampa coming out to stare down Adam Cole. So Adam Cole, bless his heart, he's got Finn Balor coming after him, Tommaso Ciampa. Um, so that that's they're kind of loading up things there uh, on that front. Um, good, good, solid official debut of NXT. Um, what, what say you about the show? I, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, all the matches were entertaining. Um, the, that Montez Ford spot over the ring post was just mind-blowing. Yeah. Uh, Chopper returning and uh, Balor returning. Cole's got his hands full there. I don't know if they're going to push for a, a three-way match between the three or what's going on there, but we'll see. I thought it was pretty good, pretty good show. Um, yeah, I agree. Uh, and I've already been hearing that after this initial episode and the, the visuals on the other channel of AEW, there is already talk of their, they've got to get out of uh, full sale and take that show on the road. Yep. Yep. Um, so Which that Kind of, it's it's good because you know it'll look more, it'll look bigger, but yeah. but I do like that that smaller setting. So I I don't know. Hopefully they'll find some way to keep that in play somewhere. You know. Yeah. Um. It, it it's kind of a callback to the old uh, uh, Jim Crockett promotions when they when they done the stuff in the studio. Kind of a callback to some of that. Um. So this brings us to AEW Dynamite. Um. Which, I mean, it. I don't know what else you can say. This looked like a legit show. You had fourteen thousand people there. This was not TNA Impact. This, this was the closest thing we've had to Nitro since Nitro. Period. Um, now, the wrestling was was obviously better on NXT. Tip of the cap to those guys. But um, one thing I'm going to say, I thought from the beginning of the show to the end of the show, they bookended this beautifully. 
Yeah. And after this, you know, we'll, we'll hop around for one second here. Obviously, it, it appears we have a new stable with uh, Jericho, uh, LAX. I, I don't know what they're officially going to be called, but uh, uh, was it Santino and uh, Cruz, I think? I, I'm probably butchering their names. But, um, <laughs> but anyhow, uh, those two uh, – yeah, Jericho and Sammy Guevara, they they book into this beautifully with the Cody match. Sammy just barely losing. Jericho coming out and attacking Cody. Sammy leaves, but it was foreshadowing to later on in the show when they all come out and attack Cody and the Young Bucks, so on and so forth. So that little bit of storytelling I thought was extremely well done. Because yeah. when, when Sammy came out at the end, I was like, oh, that make it was not out of place. True, true. It, so kudos to them on that. Um, but getting back into the show, uh, the camera work, I thought, overall was pretty darn good. Uh, there was a shot in the uh, this Guevara and uh, Cody match. I think it was a shooting star press that Sammy was about to hit, and there was a wide shot, um, kind of almost like a uh, – it looked movie-esque. It, it was a wide shot, and Sammy does it. Um, I thought that was well done, but this was a solid match. Good introduction. Obviously, you want Cody, your biggest star out there, to uh, to hook everyone. Uh, any Anything about this match or anything? I don't um... I, I hadn't really thought about the bookending that you mentioned, but yeah, I, I really liked that they did that. And the the match itself, you know, it was it was all right. Uh, and like you said, you got Cody out there in front of the people, and that's that was pretty much the purpose of it. Um, yeah. This Sammy, I'm not used to him. I'll, I'll have to pay a little more attention to him. See see some more of his stuff before I get into him. But I, I'm not sure what the panda thing is. <laughs> I, I I don't know what that's all about. It's kind of odd, but whatever. Um. Then we get uh, MJF and Brandon Cutler. MJF is just a star in the making. 23 years old and just incredibly – to be that young, to be that good on the mic, it's just unfair. Yeah. Um, in-ring work, he could probably stand to get a little bit better, but that's that's nothing you can't uh, you can't mask a little bit because, let's face it, the Rock wasn't uh, Bret Hart in the ring, but he, he could work and uh, be serviceable. So, uh, MJF gets the win there. We get some uh, – a little bit of promo time uh, with uh, SCU, um, Scorpio Sky, Christopher Daniels, Frankie Kazarian. They're saying uh, Kazarian and Daniels are going to be in the tag team tournament. Good uh, – Good choice there. Um, and uh, then we get uh, Pac and Hangman Page. And I know you mentioned uh, that it uh, wasn't perhaps as good as, as you thought it could be or would be. And maybe they're saving it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, That's kind of how I was thinking about this one. It, it, it was a good match, but it just – I don't know. For some reason – Seeing them both come out there, and I, and I know what they can do, you know. I, I expect a, a, a different level. 
So I don't yeah. know. Like you said, they're they're probably saving it or something. I don't know. But um, no, it, it was it was a solid match, and they are putting Pac over strong. Uh, I'm not sure, you know, what the plans are for him going forward, but uh, they are they are certainly putting him over really strong. Um, and we get. Uh, we get Rio and Nyla Rose for the AEW Women's Championship. I thought this was – I'm kind of liking your boat. It it was okay, but it, it, it wasn't – this is where I think AEW needs to improve a little bit because they are just not on the same level as uh, the uh, the women in, in WWE or NXT. So, um, yeah, I, I just couldn't get into this one for some reason. So, yeah, Rio gets the win. So we'll we'll see what happens there. What if they uh, have a feud um, after the match? Uh, Michael Nakazawa went to the ring. Um, Rose attacked both of them. Uh, Kenny Omega ran out to save Rio. Um, so good little thing going on there. And then we get. Uh, the six-man tag, Santana and Ortiz, not Santino and Cruz. My apologies. Um, <laughs> Santana and Ortiz with uh, Chris Jericho against uh, Omega and the Young Bucks. And we get a John Moxley sighting. They they fought through the crowd. Um, Moxley put Kenny Omega through the glass table. Um, and uh, then we essentially get a get a handicap match. And I, I think you mentioned it to me. I, I'm wanting to see more from uh, Santana and Ortiz versus the young bucks. We got a little, yeah. a little taste of it, but I think though that that could be something there. Yeah. I enjoyed what I saw between those two in this one. Or yeah. those four. <laughs> so then we get some after the match. I mean, it, it really felt like a, almost like a nitro. We get uh, Jericho, Santana, and Ortiz going after the Young Bucks. Cody runs out there, and then here comes um, Sammy Guevara, and then Dustin Rhodes comes out, and now the crowd, Jake or Jack, Jake Hager, Jack Swagger, whatever, he's a hoss, <laughs> um, and uh, kind of attacks them, and they they kind of pile them up in the middle of the ring, and. Jericho, Hager, Guevara, Santana, Ortiz stood in the ring dominant. Really, I mean, yet again, I, I thought the book ending there from the first match to the main event was really well done. Great story, subtle storytelling. Um, I don't know what they're going to call the stable. I like it. I, I think that's a tremendous choice. It is something different. You don't have stables in WWE right now outside of the Undisputed Era. Uh, it lets Guevara kind of grow. Um, you you got your talker with Jericho and, and the champion. You got uh, your tremendous tag team. You got your young guy. Then you got your hoss with Hager. So great. I, I, I love it. I think it's going to be – you can get a lot of mileage out of that. Um do a 10-man tag, do do some offshoot matches. I'm a big fan of stable, so I was really tickled to see this. Uh, what say you? Yeah, I, 
that's interesting where they go with it. Like you said, there's a lot you can do with it with the ten mans or the uh, tag matches or six man tag, just anything, you know. Yeah. And uh, I for one was excited to see uh, Hager slash Swagger. Um, <laughs> I always been a big fan of his for some reason. I, I I've always felt if he could get the right mouthpiece for him, you know, or the right manager, um, and which he had, um, Zebekai, but yeah. he kind of messed that one up with the. Uh, um, I think he got arrested or something right before the mania. Right. But, uh, with the right, right manager, out right mouthpiece, Swagger could go somewhere, but we'll see. We'll and, see how that goes. And he looked tremendous here. Uh, yeah. Just in this brief five-minute span, he looked legit. They mentioned his NCAA championship background. They mentioned his Bellator fighting and really put him over as a legitimate athlete, which, I mean, which he is. Dude, 6'6", 280, just looks great so um yeah i'm i'm excited for that so overall impressions of uh the the premiere episode of aew um what what would you say i, I liked it i liked it um, um as we was talking earlier i, I think we was texting about this the i think match wise nxt was a little bit more entertaining for me but aew's new you know they're growing I'm sure they're going to take next week's episode and play off this week and just continue to grow, continue to develop, um, hopefully improve the women's division, as you said. So I thought that was pretty good. Yeah, I, I was – the camera work I thought was well done. It's the premiere episode. Obviously, they've just got a couple pay-per-views under their belt officially. So they're going to have to improve upon some things. But to be this young <clears throat> in their in their time and – uh to look le- this legit, I thought was really impressive. The crowd looked great. Um, J.R. Shabani and Excalibur, just tremendous all night. Great to hear Shabani back. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I will probably – I don't think I flipped away from AEW. I may have flipped away once or twice. Uh but they, they kept me engaged. Um, so so we'll see. I'm, I'm thoroughly excited. And now we get to uh, Friday Night SmackDown. Wait, wait, hold on. I have to interject here. I think we missed okay. the uh, the biggest tag team that was on AEW. Kevin Smith and Jason. Oh. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> yes, that was a cool little uh, celebrity interaction. It, it was a bit odd. I'm, I'm not sure. They made fun of Morris Day in the time, and it was a, a neat little callback to uh, to the movie. But uh, it, it was uh, cool. Uh, so, I'm pretty sure they they invited them on because they were like, you know, Josh Ellis is sitting out there, and we we want to we want to make sure he's watching our show. <laughs> so let's let's there put Kevin go. Smith on there. So I thought that yeah. was cool. No, I, I, yeah, I thought that was that was really cool. Uh, so. Um, no, good good stuff there. Uh, but um, we we get to uh, Friday Night SmackDown on Fox. It was it was surreal uh, to say the least. Just to be uh, to be on Fox. Um, and you mentioned you know the stage for uh, for Raw. I, I liked it. It was it was a bit odd, but I think it'll grow on me. The stage for SmackDown was just 
it looked like a WrestleMania yep. stage. It was just tremendous. And I love the little, the entranceway, the ovals, kind of a callback to the original mm-hmm. uh, SmackDown, um, the original SmackDown set. So, yeah, I thought it looked big time. It looked legit. Um, the The intro to the show with ACDC, I thought was, it looked like a sports presentation. It looked like the opening to an NFL game or something. I thought that was really cool. I was cool. thinking kind of the same thing watching uh, that. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't your typical, typical, you know, opening. Um, so that was really cool. Uh, good choice to open the show with The Rock and Becky. To uh, Obviously, The Rock is The Rock, and Becky's one of the top four or five hottest things in the company. Um, so, and Corbin, he, he's out there to just get beat up. So I thought that was a, a fun opening segment. Um, and it, it, well, before that we had Vince and Stephanie come out there, um, which understandably so, um, but uh, then we get uh, kind of a rerun of uh, the tag team match from a couple of weeks ago at MSG. I didn't think this was as good as the one in MSG. Um, but it was it a was good match to showcase the, the four ladies, yeah. uh, the top four ladies in the company. Um, and we get uh, kind of a kind of a random match. Uh, with uh, Seth Rollins and Shinsuke. And you pretty much knew, or or at least this thought crossed my mind when you're seeing Seth Rollins walk out. All right, here's where they're going to introduce everybody who's tuning in. They're going to introduce the fiend because kind of a wacky Firefly Funhouse segment uh, that I'm curious to the people who probably have not been watching and they're flipping through and they see this, <laughs> they got to be thinking, you know, what is this? So, um, you know, I, it was kind of odd. Um, and then uh, the match with Seth and Shinsuke never really goes anywhere. We get the fiend in the entrance way, mandible claw, Chuck Seth off the stage. Um, Yet again, the fiend looking dominant. Um, so <laughs> awfully curious booking going forward. Um, and we have a ladder match up next with uh, Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon. I thought this was good for a TV ladder yeah. match. Uh, couple, couple good spots with uh, the table spot and the, then the Frog splash through the ladder to the outside. Um, Kevin Owens wins, gets the briefcase. Owens grabs the mic afterwards and uh, tells Shane he's fired. Um, so now we we get Shane off of our TV for a while. So that's that's I think, cool. Uh, I think that's that's a positive note. <laughs> yes, certainly, certainly. Nothing against Shane, but he he done all about he done about all he could do. When he was there, probably should have been off, been off of our TV, maybe about a year ago. But um, 
hopefully he's off for a good while, and when he does come back, it'll be fresh. Uh, Six-man tag, and, and I feel like this was just to get as many people on the show. Uh, Braun Strowman, The Miz, and Heavy Machinery. Odd little interaction between uh, Strowman and uh, Tyson Fury, who's the heavyweight champion, I think, of uh, boxing. Didn't know this. Didn't know the guy. I, I didn't either. Uh, but apparently, uh, I was reading that uh, Strowman and Tyson Fury is going to have a match at uh, the Saudi show at, at the end of the month. You would think they would try and save that for maybe Survivor Series, Rumble, WrestleMania, something. True. Um, but hey, whatever, you know, uh, but this, this was what it was. Um, and, uh, get a lumberjack match with, uh, Reigns and Rowan. And this basically was just to set up the tag team match for tonight. Um, nothing more, nothing less. Now we get into... <laughs> Main event, heavily promoted, rightfully so. I'll let you speak on this first. Uh, <laughs> where do I begin? Um, no, I, I, I don't know. Like you said, heavily promoted. You know, hyped up. We, you kind of knew Brock was going to win. Yeah, but I don't know why they went with the squash like. One move finish, you know, on poor Kofi. I, uh, it kind of, in my opinion, it almost devalues whole Kofi's reign. You know, it's like, oh well, he wasn't really meant to be up here with the big, big guys. You know, I, I don't know. It, it, I'm, I'm just mind blown and irritated about it. But, you know, I, I'm somewhat in the same. It was a shock. It was a shock. Like, I, uh, I can't say I'm overly surprised. Um. And for those who may not know, basically, they ring the bell. Kofi runs at Brock. Brock catches him. Uh, F5, one, two, three. I, I don't know if the whole match was 10 seconds. Um, so, it was an odd choice, to say the least. Now, this booking can be alleviated by what they choose to do with Kofi after the fact. So, and then... After the match, we get Rey Mysterio's music hits, and out comes Cain Velasquez. So, yet again, Fox, a legitimate sports network. You get two former UFC fighters fighting for the WWE title. Kind of odd. I know why they done it. Yeah, they Fox wants legitimacy. Well, this it was it was a nice moment. It was cool. Okay, it'll probably get some people talking. But apparently, they're going to go with this match at uh, Crown Jewel. I was reading that. <laughs> you have a WrestleMania main event there if you choose to build it. And maybe they do. Maybe they just have the first match there and continue to build it. Who knows? I, I don't know. I'm, I know why they did it. I don't know if Fox executives chose to push this more. I'm not sure. Um, we'll just have to see. Uh, overall, though, I, I, I thought the presentation on Fox was really cool. I loved the uh, the stats on the side. Yeah. Uh, like Be- Becky, uh, Ro- uh, Rumble winner, uh, 
main evented uh, WrestleMania, and it, it for everybody it had like three stats on the side. I thought that was really yeah, cool. That was kind of cool. So I, I thought the presentation was was really nice. Um, the camera work was a bit different, um, but, but better. Uh, there wasn't as many herky jerky Kevin Dunn camera cuts as usual. Um, so. It's exciting to have it on Fox now. The ratings, apparently it was like 4 million people, uh, which I'm sure Fox and WWE both are popping champagne because if you can get 4 million people on a Friday night, that's a win. True. Will they have Lesnar and The Rock next week? No. So we'll have to see if that gets sustained going forward. Uh and uh, speaking of ratings, AEW, 1.4 million people, which, yet again, I think that's got to be considered a win and a half for a debut episode NXT, just under a million with like 860. So, um, good stuff there. Uh, tremendous time to be a wrestling fan, for sure. So, all that being said, we have even more wrestling tonight. Uh, and, uh, in the form of, in, as far as I'm concerned, tonight is, uh, tonight's a one match show, um, for, for the most part, um, it's, uh, hell in a cell. And I, I mean, I'm, I'm curious what's going to happen, but we'll kind of run through the card here. And, uh, and and get some predict pre- predictions. Um, so I don't think a lot has been announced for this show, <laughs> which which is odd. Sure. Uh, we we've got a tag team match: Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan versus uh, Eric Rowan and Luke Harper. Um. I'm going to say Reigns and Brian, maybe. I, I don't know. This is just continuing one of the oddest storylines in recent memory. So, so let's say you about uh, it. I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's about all you can this, this say. Storyline's kind, of, kind of out there, kind of wonky. Um, is, is Brian going to actually be back as a face, or is this a big setup? And maybe Harper and Rowan are – going to align themselves with Brian or I don't know. I, I, hopefully tonight will make the storyline make sense. <laughs> that, that's what I'm putting. Hopefully. Uh, then we get a SmackDown women's match uh, between Bailey and Charlotte. I mean, I think, I think they'll, it'll be fine. It'll be watchable. I think Bailey retains. I don't see any reason why you take the title off of her right now. Um, she's, Probably doing some of the best work of her career thus far. Um, what, what what say you? Yeah, I think she keeps the title tonight. It'll probably be a pretty good match, but uh, yeah, keep the belt on Bailey for now. Charlotte doesn't need another title win right away, you know. She's yeah. she already uh, knocking on her dad's uh, heels, you know. The what what she's yeah. like ten time now, I think. I think so. Close, so. Uh, then we get uh, Hell in a Cell match with uh, Becky and Sasha. 
Um, I think Sasha wins. I predicted that last month. I was wrong. I'm predicting it now. I think at some point you got to get Becky back in the chase mode. Uh, so I, I think it'll be a fun match. Um, so that brings us to the main event. Now I'm I'm looking at a match card here. So four matches have been <laughs> announced for this paper. <laughs> so. I'm not exaggerating unless I'm missing something. I think these are the only four matches that have been announced. Now we go from WrestleMania and SummerSlam with like 15 to Hell in the Cell with four. So let's let's find some middle ground, guys. Yeah, I, I, uh, they're gonna have to have some filler matches thrown in there somewhere. Yeah, um, but we, we get a, a Universal Championship match with uh, Seth and the Fiend. I think all things considered, this has been built fairly well I, I think just the intrigue of the fiend um is something that can't be denied uh it's, it's the most unique thing they've had in forever uh and i've been saying for a while since this was announced they painted themselves in the corner because you don't you don't beat the fiends. You, you can't beat the fiend this early on. Because uh, even though it's been since WrestleMania to now, really the fiends only wrestled one match. So I said I had a prediction. This is probably going to be a popular prediction, but okay, if the fiend wins, most likely we would get Lesnar in the fiend next month. We certainly can't. You, how do you book that match? You have your two guys. You can't have one of them lose. That'd be a smosh. So here's my prediction. Undertaker interferes. I I think Taker interferes and costs the Fiend somehow. I, I don't know how I feel even if Taker interferes about the Fiend eating a pin, but I, I think that alarm clock, 11-19, there was a lot of people saying that was pointing to the Undertaker. I, I think this has to be either that or the Fiend wins. I mean, but I, I'm predicting a Taker interference. Right. Uh, so I can, I can see that. I can see that. I, uh, what say you I, about it? I'm, I'm with you on the whole thing. You know, um, you don't want to beat the Fiend, but I don't honestly don't see them letting him win and win the title. You know, because well. As you pointed out, the him and Lesnar match that would have to take place if if they do Survivor Series like they've been doing. Um, yeah, I I don't know. Uh, there there has been the thought going through my mind where that we might get uh, since we got Harper and Rowan as a team on SmackDown, and there's mm-hmm. even Roman and Brian kind of, uh, and now we got Rollins and and uh, Wyatt. Wyatt's making references to what they took away from me and, and stuff about the past. Maybe Harper and Rowan show up and realign themselves, but I, I kind of don't want to see that in a way. I mean, I do, but I don't. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't know how it would fit. Yeah. I, I don't know. Oh, it, But I think it's interesting. It, it It's a really – you got to strike while the iron's hot. The Fiend is super hot right now. I don't – I'm – kind of wishy-washy over them giving him the title or a title shot this early. 
Uh, but hey, I mean, just just run with it because as, as I said, you got two billion dollars from two networks, and you got the hottest thing you, you've had in quite some time. So you got to strike while the iron's hot. So I see why they're doing it. Um, but we shall see tonight. I think it'll be a, a fun little show. Um, I, I still think it's a one match show. Uh, so it's it's essentially going to be the fiend's entrance and what he does to Seth, and so this we'll see. Uh, I'm kind of just expecting maybe a some kind of wild finish, you know, to where that maybe neither man has to actually, you know, the fiend don't win the belt, but Seth doesn't beat the fiend. Some kind of um, I don't know what it could be, being that it's in the sale. The only thing that comes to mind for me is, uh, and this might play into your Undertaker situation, is the whole uh, somebody coming up through the ring spot that Taker's done a few times. Perhaps that, that, that's Perhaps. what I've got in, in my mind's eye right now. Is maybe that that spot I could see, maybe White knocking Rollins like through the ring somehow, maybe, and it just be like you know such a chaotic scene that they just end the match there. Or uh, Taker comes out and pulls uh, one of them down. It might be Rollins. It might be The Fiend. Or both of them. I don't know. And I really, I think at this point, we kind of got a taste of it at WrestleMania 31. But we didn't really because Taker was just kind of, he was banged up at the time. He wasn't around for the whole feud. I think now Taker doesn't have to wrestle. He could he could invade the Firefly Funhouse. Um, there's a lot you could. There's a lot of smoke and mirrors and a lot of supernaturally stuff. If they choose to go Taker versus the Fiend, that could really make for some cool moments. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. Uh, so uh this day in wrestling history uh, got a little bit of stuff this week uh i actually kind of want to do something different uh i'm gonna i'm gonna read off today's stuff real quick and then i want to i want to throw a curveball in there for a second um all right all right october 6th all right we got just a couple things uh in 1997 uh i got two matches that happened that night one was on raw we had triple h versus bret hart kind of cool would have loved to have seen bret against you know, Triple H from a later period of time, you know, when he, after he become the game, but still kind of cool. And uh, we have Booker T versus Jeff Jarrett on Nitro. I, I don't know why that's, that one stuck out to me, but for some reason it did. Um, today's also uh, Bruno San Martino's birthday. Yes. I'll just throw that out there. Um, like I said, don't have a whole lot for, for today. What I kind of want to do, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to do yesterday in wrestling history because it was a little more eventful. Uh, yeah, that that thought was crossing my mind. We got a little bit more to yeah, a little, yeah. A little go more ahead. touch on there. Uh, October fifth, uh, we we'll go back to nineteen ninety seven. I hate to start it off on a sad, sad note, but uh, this is the day that Brian Pillman passed away. Um, yep. You know, uh, the pay per view started off with that announcement. You know, it was kind of crazy. I really hate that. I always mm-hmm. like Pillman. Um, uh, that that show since you mentioned the pay-per-view. It went on to uh, that night. We had the first hell in the cell, Sean and Taker, uh, which that's kind of a throwback to the, you know, what might happen tonight. You know, maybe Taker show up in the cell. Um, and Kane debuted that night in the cell match. That's gotta be, that's gotta be there Kane. Yeah. So, you know, that was a big, big guy. <laughs> uh, kind of cool. One year later, 1998, 
we had the debut of another huge superstar, Mr. Sacco. <laughs> and uh, being that that was the segment where he, uh, Mick visited Vince in the hospital with the uh, with uh, Yerple the Clown, and he brought Sacco out and stuff. Uh, Vince also had another visitor that night. If you remember correctly, I think the nurse was in there taking care of him, and uh, she said something about, uh, will that be all, doctor? And you hear the doctor say, uh, oh, I'll take it from here, nurse. And uh, yep. that was uh, Dr. Austin that came to visit Vince and gave him the temporary nickname of Bedpan McMahon. So thought that was kind of cool. And apparently, according to Pritchard, that the bedpan shot was not planned, and he whacked him oh, good here. Like that, that was, that was, uh, that was a stiff shot. So, but it's it's worth it. It was very very memorable. And then we also got uh, fast forward ten years to uh, October fifth, two thousand eight. And we had No Mercy that night, which had the Jericho Shawn Michaels ladder match for the world title. So I thought that was that was a good match. It was a tremendous feud. I, I, I know we mentioned it uh, before on here that that's that whole feud was just great. Oh, yeah. I need to go back and revisit that some of that one. Uh, uh, any anything else for uh, yesterday or today? Uh, that's all I got on on. Some, some good stuff. Uh, we did it. We we got through and just such a great great week in wrestling. Uh, I feel like we're we're going to run out of time to cover classic content because I I feel like it's going to just take a back burner to the craziness we got going on now. But we will get into some classic content as as promised. We'll. Uh, do that next week, and uh, hopefully we get on to uh, back on our regular schedule. Um, so I look forward to having a sale tonight. I think it's all I've got. Uh, what about you? Buddy? That's all I've got. Uh, just a, a tremendous week. I, like I texted you uh, yesterday, nine, I've watched nine hours of live wrestling this week. <laughs> Unfortunately, I got to work tomorrow morning, so I won't be able to catch the sale tonight. So, yeah, if I caught that, you know, the, uh, at least three more hours on top of that tonight. So that yeah. would be awesome. <laughs> but uh, nine hours is pretty good. Nine hours of live wrestling. Yeah. Just crazy. Hey, but, but nobody watches it. No, Nobody <laughs> no, watches no. it. Yeah. So, um, no, good stuff this week. Uh, look forward to what the uh, future holds. Uh, oh, and before we leave, I said we would mention CM oh, yeah. Punk. Yeah. Which – has kind of quietly been the biggest story, but it's flying under the radar due to all the craziness. Supposedly, he auditioned for the FS1 show. Uh, I think it's WWE Backstage, but apparently Booker T and Renee Young are going to be on there. The Fox, this is a Fox executive move, not so much WWE, but there's like the doors open for them to be discussing and apparently at StarCast, Punk basically said, you know, I would listen to them if they called. I would not not talk to them. So a lot of, lot of things going on here. Uh, and how do you feel about this? I mean, obviously it would be huge. Where, where would he fit in? <laughs> I mean. I, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> um Big news because, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, 
you kind of had the feeling he'd come back, but at the same time, you're like, no, I'm, I'm, Punk looks like he's gone, you know. And uh, I don't, I don't know. I'd like to see him back in some capacity, you know, if they can arrange it. But and as you said, it's it's Fox kind of making the deal, not WWE, which I guess helps open the door even more because he's probably a little more a little more open to talk to something they're doing instead of something Vince and them's coming up with. So certainly, I mean, it's. Uh... Yeah, that's that's some big stuff and uh, big news that um, for everything over the past five years, almost six now, you never thought, like, like you said, it's, well, he's gone and he's doing UFC and he's this and he's that. But, I mean, this is as close to a reality as we've had. I mean, so we'll see. It, it could be some exciting stuff. And then – I've always said if he does come back as basically a part-timer in main events mania, he would do nothing but prove his initial point. (laughs) (laughs) And his frustrations from before that part-timers were getting all the spots. So it would be full circle. But uh, we'll see. That's, that's some good stuff. Uh, so finally, that I think that is that's all we got. Uh, but uh, yeah, hope to have everyone here next week, and uh, have a good week, everybody. Keep it positive, guys.